Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Thursday edition of the Falcon Cast. Can't thank you guys enough for uh, jumping in. And uh, it is going to be the greatest podcast in the history of the known universe, and, and, you know, until we get a couple other planets sorted out. But uh, going to have a fun show today. AJ is going to join me in just a little bit, running behind, but uh, always a pleasure to have him on. And guess what? Football is here. It is football season, guys. And uh, college, real college football games. I know we had some last week, but, you know, they were all pretty eh. But we got Florida and Utah tonight, which uh, should be a lot of fun, or tomorrow night, I guess. But either way, uh, lots of great, great football to uh, t- take advantage of and really, really planning on uh, doing nothing. I'm basically going to just kind of sit here uh, tonight. I got Kira, her cheese puffs. I got me some vodka, and I am going to watch football. It's that simple. I don't know what the best game is tonight, um, but, you know, we'll uh, – yeah, Florida-Utah is tonight, so I'll be watching that. Um, Kent State and UCF, mildly interesting. Uh, NC State plays tonight. So, you know, a decent Thursday night card and ready to get going. Uh, And Chuck says UConn plus the points, which – I would not argue with you, and welcome, Chuck. Good to have you here. Uh, good to have everybody in. If you're on Twitch, uh, just feel free to comment. I will get to them. Uh, I know a lot of people comment on Facebook. I still haven't been able to work out how to get those comments on here, but I'll check them whenever AJ's talking and uh, see what you guys have to say. Uh, appreciate everybody. Uh, if you want to help support FalconCast, uh, we really, really need you know a couple more advertisers. So please just email me at thefalconcast at yahoo.com. If you know somebody, um, you know, mention it to them. We got a pretty good reach going. We got a lot of uh, a lot of new fans every show, and um, you know, you can also uh, uh, the other thing you can do is you know, if you just want to be an underwriter like Chase and Don are, and con- contribute to the show, you can just email me same thing, uh, thefalconcast at yahoo.com, uh, and or you can just uh, Venmo Venmo me Fred Fred dash Fowler. I'll start putting that on the bottom, too, so you won't have to worry about it. By now, those of you who listen know how to spell my last name because I probably repeated it 6,000 times uh, back in the day uh, on the Blitz. So uh, thanks, everybody, for coming in. We're going to have fun. As always, I've got uh, – we're going to talk some college football with AJ. We're talking a little bit about the baseball races. Um, we're going to talk about something that AJ loves, women's sports, uh, probably pretty briefly. And as always, I've got some final thoughts, and I have a TV rant today about something I've been watching that I should have quit a long time ago, but I think, you know, they're using multiple directors on it, but I think we found the new Ed Wood of our generation. So, uh, and if you don't know who Ed Wood is, that's, uh, just go watch the the movie about him. It was uh, excellent. I think uh, that was Leo, I believe. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I'll have that later in the show. Uh, hopefully Dr. Linville can pop on for a minute. Hopefully Lawyer Dave can pop on for a minute and the rest of it. We're going to just, it's just going to be you guys and me until AJ gets here. So first I'm going to tell you about the Phoenix on Westheimer where that's usually where I am on Thursdays, but, uh, uh, still recovering from, you know, the mild heat stroke and just didn't really want to get outside. I, I mean, I, I basically have to take care of for a walk five or six times, but other than that, I'm trying to stay indoors and, you know, right now they've got so much great stuff going on at the Phoenix. It's uh, Premier League, and Premier League, they pack the place. If you're a soccer fan, this is the best soccer bar in the city. But you know what? At night, man, college football. So I'm going to get over there this weekend and watch some games. But uh, it, it is a, a terrific place. Vu runs such a, a great, great uh, bar, and the food is amazing. This is not bar food. This is like high-end pub food. And... Uh, all kinds of stuff on the menu. Whatever your taste is, they got you covered. Uh, great atmosphere, great service uh, with, you know, Camilla, who was uh, so great to us Saturday night while we were outside uh, baking, doing the uh, uh, the fundraiser. Derek, who's there uh, most nights. Uh, you know, Bailey, Liz, they're all just good people. And uh, they will take care of you. It's the kind of bar where you feel at home. And I certainly do. But, uh, yeah, go check them out. And... Uh, Phoenix on Westheimer. Raj is in the house. I'm looking a lot better than I did Monday, guys. Uh, I think you all noticed just how hideous I look, but I was still recovering. It was, uh, 
uh, it wound up, it was like Tuesday afternoon before I felt right. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was a good cause and we had so many great people show up and that was what, uh, um, you know, it, it was worth it to almost die. But, and like I said earlier, and I'll, I'll talk to AJ about this in a bit, but I, I can't thank even enough for, for getting axed at the last notice. We're going to have a couple of those guys on at some point. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it was, uh, for those of you who missed Monday's show, our DJ had to cancel that morning because he had COVID, which I guess COVID's going around again now. And, um, you know, so we had to replace an hour's worth of acts in about an hour. And she was able to do that. So it was a lot of fun. All right. So what are we looking forward to most about college football? Uh, we, we got some good games this weekend, too. I mean, this is, uh, you know, and I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the UH uniforms that they're going to trot out Saturday have that. Uh, they're using the Oilers color, colors and they look amazing. I'm like, uh, you know, I don't buy jerseys, but maybe. So, yeah, they're doing an alternate for their first game. And uh, that should be awesome. And uh, uh, Chuck also says Kent State plus the points and Florida plus the points. So he's going big. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, if you, if you got some plays you want to throw out there, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give them to the people, too. We'll just share them. That's, that's what we do, right? That's what we've always done. That's, that's, uh, that's how the team works. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll get to the baseball first because it's getting real interesting now in the AL West, and I know a lot of you – took the Astros at like plus 400 to win the division uh, maybe two months ago. Well, when we started the show, a lot of people were doing that. I know BC did that. Uh, and the cool thing is you're looking pretty good right now. And if you're an Astros fan, I would be really encouraged because, you know, the Mariners just got this group of uh, the A's, the Royals, these, these horrible teams. And, Yet here you sit tied with them when you had to go through the Red Sox twice. And the Red Sox were playing good baseball when the Astros played them. Um, you know, you, you had the, the Mariners obviously swept them. But then, I mean, you had a, a really strong stretch of teams. You had the Marlins, who were, were playing good baseball at times. And it really wasn't easy. And yet the Astros managed to get through it. And now they're going to be the ones getting A's and Royals and stuff like that. Plus, they have games left with the Mariners and the Rangers. So uh, it should be an interesting stretch run. But, yeah, it's really tightened up. And the problem is one of those teams might not even make the playoffs because the Blue Jays also are getting the uh, refuse of MLB here over the next few weeks. So they easily could go on a run, and they're right behind all three teams. So BC wanting to know where you guys are happy houring today. I can tell you where I'll be doing it, right here at Casa del Falcon, which uh, – by the way, somebody mentioned something the other day. It's like, oh, you can, you can see your uh, your bathroom sink. That's actually the kitchen. So just so you know, that's the kitchen sink in the background. And uh, I'm going to work on a, a new background at some point. And like I said, usually Thursdays it's going to be over at the Phoenix. And then a lot of Mondays I'm going to start doing it over at Coach's Pub in Midtown and uh, kind of help, help them get some business. And, you know, you're, anybody who's in town is always welcome to come join me there. Hell, most of you that I know real well can come join me here, but – you know, that's, that's the, uh, that's the thing. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to do this without, I'm going to wait for AJ on this. Cause it's, I think it's funny. Um, but, uh, a lot of football to get to in the NFL, the Kenyon green experiment is going to go into year two and be a failure for the Texans. He is out for the season and just the way they talk about it, it's something weird. Like it's like the shoulders got, got in his head or something, but that's a fairly, premium pick and um you know this is going to be two years with nothing and that happens but you get into year three and you don't contribute anything guess what the uh the word rhymes with rust and um you know he's really hasn't played that well when he's been in and i liked the pick at the time i thought you know what this will solidify the interior of your line well it hasn't and, and that's you know that's why draft picks in an I, I argue with people about this all the time. That's why draft picks don't matter that much to me. And the reason is, you know, I've always compared them to driving a, you know, buying a car and then as soon as you drive it off the lot, the value goes down. Trey Lance, perfect example of that. Uh, you probably, you, know, you paid like, you paid for a Lamborghini with Trey Lance and you sold him for a Honda. So 
All right. Well, you, you look like you got some uh, like a nice background there today. Uh, it's my office. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, it's not a bad setup here. Yeah, cool, cool. So what's going on, my man? Uh, I, you know, just left a key piece of equipment over here at the office, and I was ready to sit down and uh, and and hop on with you. And I said, oh, well, shit. Uh, that's a necessary part. So, uh, hauled back up here and, you know, I, I apologize for being a little tardy. Oh, no, no. You're doing me a solid brother. So I appreciate you. Uh, we talked about a couple things. We hit on the AL West race and where it is right now and how uh, it's wild, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the Astros, a lot of people here were betting them at plus 400, like when the, we, when we started the podcast to win the division. And I'm, I'm like, I think that's a good bet. I don't know what they are right now. But with, they're, with, they're favored. Yeah, well, with the homeless A's and the Royals still on the roster here, the, all the teams the Mariners just, just just feasted on, I think they look pretty good. Yeah, but, no doubt. And it's a uh, – the, the Mariners, they well, like, it seems like they couldn't lose in August, but a lot of that was schedule-based too. Like, they had a lot of those teams that the Astros are about to have. Now, they did sweep the Astros, which that yeah. was kind of the, the devastation, uh, you know, to, to the Strohs' chances. But – uh, when you look at overall who they were playing, it's like this wasn't a, a very difficult strength of schedule for them. So um, getting, you know, getting it now into where they're going to have to play the Rangers a lot of times. And it's funny, if you're an Astros fan, you're probably going to be cheering for the Rangers one night and cheering for the Mariners the next. And uh, just trying to keep those two teams pushing chips around while while you try and make a move. Yeah, I also mentioned in, in what I think they all of them need to be worried about. I think there's a good chance one of these three doesn't make the playoffs uh, because the the Blue Jays also are about to get an incredibly soft uh, stretch of schedule and they're right there behind them. And, yeah. You know, and you they, know, Tampa, Tampa's probably going to make it. So yeah, there's, there's limited spots. Yeah. I, I think in the end, uh, the team that I would, if we, we could bet on who misses the playoffs, uh, kind of like do the big short, I would, I would bet the tech, uh, the Rangers. I think the Rangers, um, I just don't – they go through too many long losing streaks. And, you know, at this time of year, if they do it again, they could easily miss out. I will still – I'll still say that they they all make it. Uh, but I agree the Blue Jays are going to have a good run and it's going to be close. But I, I think it'll – I think the, the Rangers will, will barely edge them out. Uh, Lamont says – uh, when the Astros won the championship in, in 2017, I called on the Texans to make a sacrifice. That was Deshaun Watson. Uh, this year, he sacrificed Kenyon Green. This feel that feels like a like you can make the playoffs with that sacrifice. Deshaun yeah. Watson felt like that's a Super Bowl. <laughs> Kenyon Green feels like yeah, you're a wild card. Like, I don't I don't know if that's like I don't know if that's enough. Yeah, he's like uh, if you're going to sacrifice a chicken, like Deshaun Watson was the giant rooster who. Used to fight in the cage and everything. Yeah, this, this is like cracking an egg. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask you about this because I'm sure you you've been all over it. The uh, Nebraska volleyball uh, fans. That's pretty wild. Yeah, ninety two thousand. Now, all I can say is there must be nothing to do in Nebraska if you're no. sitting ninety two thousand people. Now, part of it was at a concert too, which I'm sure helped. Uh, it's like when we used to got the. No one mentions that though. Yeah, yeah. No, so, oh, largest for a women's sporting event. So, I mean, we used to got the Sam Houston. And they have these huge crowds. Well, they were there to see the camel and ostrich races. So. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I, I mean it was it was a cool thing to see. Certainly, um, you know, and and it it set a record for women's sporting event attendance. Uh, but yeah, I, I just thought it was cool that they were playing outdoors and they had like this big setup. I, I, I couldn't believe how many people were there. And then I found out there was a concert and I was like, okay, that makes a little more sense. Uh, but that was, that was an impressive crowd, especially when I thought it was just for a, bo- a volleyball game. Although I guess Nebraska volleyball is apparently very good. Uh, and like they, they lead the, the nation in attendance. So I guess it's a big deal there. I guess so. I was kind of stunned this morning when I saw that story. I'm like, really? there's not a lot of entertainment options in Nebraska, the land of corn, Fred. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess there's there's basically volleyball, wrestling, and sheep. I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess that would be it. But, uh, there's Husker football tonight, sir. Hello. Uh, yeah. How how entertaining has that been? I, I get confused. <sighs> not not been great lately. It's been a while. Yeah, um, and it, it's funny because. I really thought they had the right coach. I mean, he just, he just seemed perfect for him. 
And then uh, I have a Nebraska friend who started telling me all these behind the scenes stories, and you realize why they sucked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not going to get into them because they're, they're not public, but you, know, you, you can kind of guess, you know, not showing up on time and maybe not being 100% all the time. But listen, Matt Rule's turned around way worse situations than what he's walking into at Nebraska. Typically, it takes him a year, and this might be a down year, but I, I would guess two or three years from now, Nebraska is up there challenging for for Big Ten West, you know, championships or well, or whatever guess, it is. I guess USC shows up by the, I don't know, but they're going to be a, a a more respectable program, I would guess, two three years from now than they are right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Matt Rule fan. I think he's going to turn it around, and I'd like to see Nebraska be interesting again. Uh, I'm you know I I, I I want the big programs to at least be in the mix every year. Right. And there's, there's still, I mean, there's just a great history there. And I, I don't know if he's, they're ever not ever getting back to that. I don't think where, you know, they're losing one game and playing for national championships, but I, I could definitely see him getting them in the mix for whatever division it is, uh, you know, that they're in at that point, because I don't know how they're going to reconfigure everything, but you know, I, I think that one's interesting. Obviously Florida, Utah uh, is going to be a lot of fun tonight. Get your thoughts on that one. I think we're starting to get to where there's value on Utah. Uh, this number, like, was it 10? And I've been saying all summer long, why are we pricing Utah like Cam Rising is going to play? He blew his ACL out at the Rose Bowl, like in January. And as someone who has had three uh, ACL surgeries, I know like the, it's come a long way, but you can't go out and play a football game eight months post-op. Like you just can't. Um, ten months maybe, even nine. Like I, I, these guys are way better athletes than I was, so maybe maybe at nine months they can do it. But eight months out, I don't. I just think there's no way. Not only that he could have performed, but and remember, Cam Rising is like a, like part of what makes him good is his mobility. But had he gone out there, they were risking the rest of his season. Like he was opening himself up to to re injure it, and. Let's face it, Utah probably not going to win the national championship. But Utah has a good chance of winning the Pac-12 and, you know, getting to the Rose Bowl, which would be a big deal for them. So if they if they can beat Florida without him, like they, I think they, they probably think they can, they're going to try to. Uh, because risking him uh, in a game that in the grand scheme means less to them than conference games – would be foolish. So, and Utah's just got a lot better roster. Like this is a good defense. Um, Florida and remember Florida last year, like you talk about luck box results, like Anthony Richardson showed up and did like he had Anthony Richardson. Listen, God bless him. Fourth pick in the draft. He, he made his money, but Anthony Richardson was like just a guy for most of the season. He was Superman in that game. Like he showed up and balled out at the right time. And you know, I, I it's, it got them a win, but Utah's a way better team, and they're playing at home. I, I, they lost once in 2020 at home with no stand, no fans in the stand during COVID. The last time they lost a home game with fans in the stands was 2018. Wow! It it just doesn't happen. Like they they beat you in Utah, and this Florida team the travels messed up because they had to fly out a day early. They had to spend a night in Dallas because the hurricane was coming in. Uh, so they basically it was okay. Leave Florida on Tuesday, get to Dallas, spend the night in Dallas, leave Dallas, go to Utah, spend the night there, get up and play. That's a lot of, that's a lot of uh headache, you know, for, for a team and Graham Mertz. That's your, that, that's not Anthony Richardson. No, Graham, no. Graham Mertz stinks. And that's who they're riding with the quarterback. And they, like Florida's got some talent. Their offensive line is huge. They're not going to get pushed around, but they're very young. Um, I think Florida's got the building blocks to to kind of get back. But right now, I just think Utah's a better team. So there's almost value now that it's been pushed down to where it has been four and a half. I think it's kind of started oscillating around four and a half and five. Uh, but this was a game that I was on. the. I, I, I should have played Florida and then had a, a, when it was 10 and then had some Utah four now. I don't have a side on this game. Uh, if it if it touches three, I'm going to be on Utah. But I played the under at 50 and a half, and then now it's at 44. So, like, because I just knew there's no way Cam Rising plays. And if he doesn't play, this offense isn't going to be as explosive. 
so that's I, I think this is a, a sort of a grimy game. Uh, and, but I, th- I think there's now value on Utah now that's been pushed down so much. It, because think about this, Fred. It's not like w- like everyone's finding out now. Okay, Cam Rising isn't going to play. Kyle Whittingham's known that for right. like for however long. Like he's it, it, like when Cam Rising can't practice. Like it's not like Kyle Whittingham's a dummy and saying ah, maybe he'll. I know he can't practice. Maybe he'll be able to get there, get out there and play. No, he's aware of, of the situation. So. They've been planning accordingly for this. This isn't like a surprise. We thought Cam Rising was going to play. Now he's not. They're prepared for this. Yeah, and people forget about last year, as much as Richardson went nuts, Utah had the ball on the goal line at the end. Yeah. And, yeah. And- that, that's what, I mean, I'm telling you, that's one of the more flukish results of the season last year was Utah losing that game. And not just because I had Utah uh, to win, but it was a, <laughs> it, like, statistically, and it was just, a, it was a very flukish result. The, the better team didn't win that day. Yeah. I, I, I thought that. And I actually, uh, uh, you know, I, I was kind of rooting for Utah in that game because I don't know what to make of Florida anymore. I mean, uh, I don't know if they've got the right coach. Uh, they just don't feel like this. They kind of are becoming what Tennessee was for a few years uh, after they were winning national championships. And I, I mean, there's no excuse there, right? It's, it's there's like, not. It, I mean, it's, it's like, like Texas and USC. It's like you you are the you're the the bell cow school in a bell cow state. Like you should be able to have your pickings of whatever uh, whatever guys you want. And if you're not winning at one of those schools. Like in the, I guess LSU is kind of the same same gig. Like if you're in, like if you're in Louisiana or Florida or Texas or California, and you're at the big school, and you're doing it wrong, and they probably need to. You probably don't have the right. All right, uh, I see our, our buddy uh, Andrew Lanham is here. I'm going to tell you a little bit about his company. Uh, they're on the Lake Livingston area. They're the leader in providing quality service for your vacation home. And they do everything. Uh, they'll find the right home and location for you, decor and theme, price points. Uh, it's your one-stop shop. And if you already got a place, they do cleaning, lawn care, laundry, maintenance, inventory management, property management. All those services are available. And my hope is by the end of the year that we're going to have this. Uh, uh, I'm going to have the, the money from the movie, which uh, I'll, I'll tell you about in a little bit. But they've got a highly trained and dedicated crew. I'm, I'm going to get a place out there and, and use these guys. And they get a f- consistent five-star rating from guests and owners. Veteran-owned and operated. You can give them a call, 936-581-6166-346-773-9577. Or the easiest thing, just go to LanhamIndustries.com. And if you have any questions about them, you can always hit me up. And, uh, I, you know, I'll help you get in touch with him directory, directly. Andrew's a great guy and a uh, big supporter of the show. So uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate all he does. And, and please, as with all of our sponsors, you got to do anything out there, hit him up. He'll take care of you. And, um, yeah, the, uh, uh, I've told AJ about this, but I signed the option on the movie deal finally. And um, so it's just a matter of hopefully within six weeks I actually get paid. And... The first thing I'm doing in December is I'm coming out for that World Poker Tour event. Did you see what they raised the uh, guarantee to on the main event? So you're going to come out here? Yeah, yeah. Did you see what they raised the uh, guarantee to on the main event? No, I did not. $40 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, it's going to be a million-dollar buy-in, so I don't know how many satellites I'm going to have to go through to get there. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know how many people – I mean, I, I think there'll be groups that back some guys. You got some guys with a lot of money that'll do it. But I so don't that's think- uh, that's replacing the ten thousand dollar buy-in yeah, main yeah. event. It's replacing the ten thousand. Yeah, I don't like that. I, like, I, I think that it should be an additional. Like, there should be a, a separate like mega. You know, yeah. like where only the high rollers are playing. Well, I think I think that they still will have a ten thousand. It's just not going to be the world championship like it was last year. This will be the world championship. So. Mm. But, but those it's like things, baseball guys. It's messing with history, Fred. It's that's messing with history. Yeah, and, and you know, but you know, the plan all along is to go out there, play the senior event, use that as a satellite to the main. But uh, I, the, the senior t- tournament tournament ain't paying me a million bucks. No. So. <laughs> maybe it maybe it gives but, you a satellite to the ten thousand event. Maybe that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, make a decent run. I mean, you, know, you can make a hundred grand in that thing, but uh, but that's winning it. I mean, it's mostly a you know, a good run is 30 grand. And, you know, I would take that. But, uh, 
the one thing about and, and what they don't tell you in these things, if you're buying in for a million and you're the last one to, in the money and you make like 1.4, you make $400,000. They're yeah. always like, oh, he made 1.4. And then you can ask Matt no. about this. Once the government kind of gets his claws in it, that ain't much at all. And no. uh, you, you really have to go deep in those things. But the, the good news is, is the fields usually aren't that big. And because most people can't afford to do that. Right. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. And yeah, if this deal doesn't come through before then, I'll be homeless anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, man, let's get back on college football a little bit. I'm, I'm so excited that, uh, you know, we've got the games tonight. We've got the game. Oh, oh, weekend, really. Um, you, you start with there's there's games Friday night I'm interested in. Plus, plus my first uh, at Hawaii game of the year. Yeah. With Stanford at, at ten o'clock, so Stanford is, stinks, by the way. Yeah, I know, and but that's got to be like uh, I don't know six a.m. in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, usually those games are midnight. But uh, looking ahead, is there anything else you like tonight or, or, or Friday before we get to some of the Saturday games? Uh, I like Louisville. I, I, I think um, there's maybe a, a you know sort of an overreaction. Louisville's got a new offense, and they do, but it's it's Jeff Brom and Jeff Brom. It's the guys. He's got the guys that he wants out there. Uh, this is the coach that Louisville's wanted this whole time. Uh, I expect instant results from them, and he's not afraid to run up a score. And then for Georgia Tech, like they, they can't stop the run. And I don't know how much Louisville's going to need to run. Like if if their passing game hits, they'll just do it. But Georgia Tech's solid against the pass, but they cannot stop the run to save their lives. They're like bottom twenty in the country against the run last year, and nothing changed. So I, I would say, and it's you got to lay a hook. It's minus seven and a half. But um, I, I like that Louisville squad. Uh, I think they've got a good chance to, to make a, a nice run this season, surprise some people, uh, just because I, I think they upgraded instantly at coach and quarterback. And Georgia Tech still kind of transitioning out of that triple option into real offense. That, it, that takes years. Like you talk about the a switch from a you know, pro style to an air raid, that takes some time. It's not nearly like switching from a triple option to a normal offense. Like that, that take that takes sometimes three, four recruiting cycles. I, I think Georgia Tech's just not there yet. Yeah, and, it, and you can speed it up a little bit with a transfer portal, but it's still uh, it's still a long transition. So I, I, I'm with you on that, and I love Jeff Brom as a head coach. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you know what he was able to do with a, a team that really. You know, couldn't quite keep up with the big boys, but he had them right there in the Big Ten, and and so to to get over get over to Louisville, I, I think he'll do a great job, and I think I think that's a team to watch not just this year, but for the next couple of years, to maybe crack that Clemson, Florida State, you know, North Carolina group. Yeah. At some point, uh, I think they'll be good enough, and uh, yeah, he could turn things in around in a hurry. Uh, the uh, so what about Saturday? We, that's that's obviously the big day, and, and we've got. I think at least three or four games that, well, I mean, I'm going to watch everything I can because that's how I am. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's funny because somebody texted me today. It's like, Hey, you doing anything tonight? It's like, uh, well, you want to come out? I'm like, Nope, Nope. I'm in front of the TV with the dog, the chiefs pups and the vodka. That's all we do. <laughs> uh, but uh, one, you know, the one I wanted to ask you about before we get into the competitive games, I know Texas is going to maul rice. What do you, what do you want to see out of Texas? Um, I, I don't know if I really want to see a whole lot. I'd like to see their defense hold up. I think Rice is going to be better offensively than people think. Uh, JT Daniels is a, a huge upgrade from anything Rice has had at quarterback in forever. Like, you can say what you want about, oh, well, he failed at Georgia. He failed at USC. Yeah, if, if, you know, but that failing at those places is different than failing at Rice. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it kind of reminds me of, uh, oh, what was the kid's name? Uh, the kid from he was from like Lake Travis and he he started out at Texas. He was a big recruit, didn't work out, and then he went to SMU and then he played for the Patriots. Oh, Garrett Gilbert, uh, Garrett Gilbert, who ended up being an NFL quarterback. Everybody thought he was a bust at Texas. He just couldn't keep up with that. Um, but at SMU, he was a handful, and I think JT Daniels can be a handful at Rice. They've got good receivers. I'd like to see Texas's defense hold up there. Uh, offensively, I think they're going to get whatever they want. It's sort of a how much do they really want to show? How long are they going to leave viewers out there? Uh, Alabama's on deck. So it's hard to lay a big number, I think, when you know Alabama's watching everything and they they know Sarkeesian to begin with. 
he probably wants to hold some things back for that game. Uh, but I, I think Texas, especially early on, pours it on. So I, if I were looking for anything, it might be a Texas first half or a first half over. I think both those uh, are, are solid bets. Yeah, I, I expect to see Texas be fairly vanilla uh, because of Alabama next week, it, much like an NFL preseason game. I don't think they need to show anything. I mean, I think they can just, you know, use their athletes and just run over rice and get it done and, and get ready for Alabama, which is going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so uh, what, what's your what's your favorite game of the day Saturday? Uh, favorite game of the day uh, either, from a, either from a watch perspective or, or or a gambling perspective, but just just one you're looking forward to. Uh, it's pro- honestly, it's probably Tulane, South Alabama, which sounds lame because there's like a bunch of, you know, high profile teams playing. But uh, I, I think the South Alabama team is pretty legit. And I, I think Tulane, people are underestimating what it's going to cost them to not have Tajay Spears back there. Like it, it, they were they were so good last year, but they were able to run the ball when they wanted. I think that takes a step back. And Tulane, obviously, like the favorite to be the uh, the G five rep in the in the bowls, but they I don't think they're going to be the same team. You know, they lost their coordinators, and this is a a South Alabama team that's hungry and talented. Uh, I think they can give them a real push. I'm going to wait and hope that I can get a seven because uh, it's six and a half painted right now. Uh, if there's a seven, though, I'm I'm probably going to take a good swing with South Alabama. The uh... The one game, I mean, obviously, is getting a lot of hype is Colorado TCU. I don't think you're going to see a sudden – I mean, Colorado would be better, but I don't think you're going to see a sudden turnaround out of this team where they're going to be able to compete with TCU. Yeah, I, and here's – I, I want to play the under in this game because I think offensively TCU is – they're hitting reset. Like, they, they're not going to be what we, what we saw from last year. Uh, but I'm also scared to play Colorado unders – because I don't think anybody's going to let off the gas when they play Dion. I, I think they are going to keep trying to score till the bitter end. I know Dion's going to keep trying to score. Like if Dion's got a four, and I don't think Colorado will have a forty-point lead this year, but if they do, you can bet your ass Dion's going to try to make it forty-seven. Might even go for two. So <laughs> I, I, I think teams that play against them are going to have that same mindset. They are not going to slow down. They're not going to put in backups. They are going to go out and try and beat the snot out of these teams. I don't want to lay a big number with TCU because, again, I, I think their their offense is going to be a work in progress. Uh, but I, I, that's I would consider an over because I, I do think even if even if it's not efficient, they're going to keep plugging away, and I know Colorado is going to keep trying to score. So uh, those that's t- teams that aren't going to quit this year aren't going to quit trying to score. Colorado and Colorado opponents. Yeah, exactly, and I think TCU is interesting because. You know, the kid they're starting a quarterback actually was the starter last year and got hurt in the first game. And then, of course, uh, Dougie yeah. goes on to be, you know, have a, a almost Heisman year. Uh, so I think they'll be okay there, but they lost a lot of receiver. They've, lo- they've lost some guys that I don't know that they have replaced. And, you know, let's, let's see how Sonny Dykes keeps this going. I mean, that's the other thing, too. I mean, it was almost a perfect storm last year for them to be as good as they were. Uh, but a lot of it's going to be Kendall Bryles and, you know, Kendall Bryles, who's sort of, uh, I guess, kind of underperformed at Arkansas, they can, especially considering what they had there, KJ Jefferson and company, like you would, you would have expected them to be better offensively. Um, but I, I think, again, first year in a system, it, it may be tough for them to, to get going. They're going to go fast, but it's, yeah. it's going fast always going fast doesn't always mean it's going to be good. Yeah, I, I always thought Arkansas was an odd fit for Kendall because they really don't want to run that kind of offense. Uh, it, it's not really in their DNA, and uh, and he didn't do a very good job with what they had. So uh, he, he needs a little redemption tour here, uh, this time about football, not about other stuff. Yeah. So, all right, I got to tell you about Dr. Linville, who uh, was, he's in the clinic right now, so he couldn't come on. But uh, the, the hair thing that he does is fantastic. He uses the neograph procedure. Uh, I had it done about three years ago. I love it. it. It's worked great for me. And he's had it done. He's got, uh, it's no anesthesia. It's just numbing medicine. It's minimal pain. It's like going to the dentist. And, you know, you could be right back at work the next day. And most of the graphs take because they're handled and prepared uh, safely and put in one by one. He's got an individualized plan for each and every patient. It's only $4 per graph. So if you just need a little bit of work done, 
you're going to get out there really, really light. So go to hairspecialisthouston.com slash getfalconhair. Get yourself a, a consultation. Don't laugh. And let us know you heard about it on, uh, on the Falcon Cast, and your consult fee will be waived. That's a $150 value. That's hairspecialisthouston.com slash getfalconhair. All right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I... I filled everybody in on the uh, charity event we did Saturday night. Which was yeah, awesome. how'd that go? Uh, it went great. I mean, we had every kind of, you know, there's always problems, right? And it started off about, I don't know, 11 in the morning when my DJ, who had an hour-long set plan, has to uh, call and say, hey, I can't do it. I got COVID. Oh, man. And I'm like, oh. And, he, and you know, it's like, I mean, I feel well enough to do it. I'm like, no, no, no. Do not come out and bring yeah. COVID to me. So, uh, so Eva, who was our host, a uh, fantastic comedian. She did a great job. I actually saved my ass twice on Saturday. Um, she called three great comedians, including a guy named Patrick Ely, who, who was a blitzer. Uh, and they all came on short oh, nice without getting paid. And so we had a whole full hour of comedy that was amazing, thanks to Eva getting those guys to, to donate their time and, and come out on a short, uh, uh, you know, come out on short notice. And then uh, we had a good crowd, but you know, we were outdoors and it was 106 at one point and I was going to stream it. So I go over and pull up my laptop and it's got the little death thing on it because it's overheated. Oh, and yeah, so I couldn't record the show and it was 114 on the stage. And about halfway through, I had, a, I have a couple of songs that uh, my guitarist does one. And then the, the girls do like a rock version of Jolene. That's really good. And, um, you know, that's when I kind of rest my voice and get ready for the second half of the show. I went and sat down, and I didn't think I could get back up. I mean, oh, boy. Just, I was dizzy. Uh, I went over, and they didn't see it. I went over in the corner and threw up. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I come back, and then and they start bringing me ice water, like a bucket. Boom, over my head. Drink one. And Was I, this uh, ice water or vodka ice water? No, there was no vodka in it. Believe oh, okay. Me. I, I might have. That might have helped. I don't know. Well, I did do a couple shots to see if that would help. It didn't work. Uh, it's probably not the smartest thing when you're, you know, way overheated. But basically, every the last five songs after every one, I had to come over and get water dumped on me and, and drink ice water. Damn. And, and uh, it was just, it was brutal. But you know, I was thinking about that poor kid in a wheelchair. It's like I can make it through five songs, man. And the cool thing is, when you're doing the song, you're just focused on that. You don't think about it. And as soon as the song's over, it's like, God, I need ice water. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so yeah, it, it you know, it, it, it really messed me up until about Tuesday. I was, I was in bad shape for three days over that. And at the end of the show, man, I just sat down and of course, you know, most of the songs at the end, you're kind of building up to, to the big finish, which is killing in the name. Well, the other ones, you know, their energy, that one is as high energy as we have. Right. And so by the end of that, I'm just like, you know, thank you guys so much for supporting. Good night. I go sit in a chair yeah. and basically wrap myself in ice and don't move for an hour. And, um, you know, but it was uh, it was such a great event. Everybody was so good. I can't thank the people who came out enough and sat through that crap. I had two friends who had to uh, to leave because they were getting heat exhaustion. Jeez, and it, it was just brutal. So uh, but I, I you guys are soft. It's like 108 here every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and the other tactical error is, like, we had fans, but then once we put all our equipment up, they blocked the fans. Yeah. And, yeah, which is kind of stupid, but there was no way to do it. It was just a small area. Uh, but you know what? I, I feel like it's one of the best performances I've ever put on, not because I almost died, but because, uh, man, the whole Well, that helps. Was, that was your flu game. Yeah, that's pretty much my flu game. <laughs> and I was like, man, if I die up here, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, you'd go down. Go down in history. <laughs> all right. Uh Anything else on uh, Saturday that you're looking at that, that interests you? I mean, I'm going to just be learning a lot about these teams. I, I want to – there's a couple teams that I wanted to fade early on, uh, like that I feel like are generally overvalued in the market. One of them is Tennessee. I was I, just about to mention Tennessee. That's what I'm looking at. But yeah, I, I don't know that I can bet Virginia, though. Um, right. You know, this it, it's, not a, it's not a great spot for them. Their, their offense is pretty terrible. Um, and then the other one was Oklahoma, but Oklahoma just happened to draw uh, like one of the worst teams in college football. They should smash Arkansas State. And I think Venables, 
Like as he, I, I, everybody was quick to jump on, Brent Venables can't be a head coach, but uh, he last year, most of these guys like Dion shows up and he's like, "You're all gone. You ain't gonna make it here on my team." Venables knew when he got to Oklahoma that the guys that were there didn't really fit what he wanted to do on defense, particularly. But he didn't send anybody packing. He said, "We're here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a year." And everybody, everybody's going to see where they fit in here. And after that year, if you decide to move on, cool. But understand, after this year, my guys are going to start coming in. And if they're better, they're going to take these jobs. And the defense struggled last year. A lot of guys moved on. He's brought a lot of new guys in who fit what's he, what he wants to do. I think he's too good of a coach for his defense to be bad. Uh, and, and I think Dylan Gabriel – I mean, Dylan Gabriel's not Caleb Williams and – Nobody is going to be Lincoln Riley, but I, I think Oklahoma's a lot better this year. But I, I still think they're a little overvalued. But I, I think that they're not they're when they've got a chance to smash somebody and they can smash Arkansas State. I think they're going to. Yeah, I, I can see that, but I think they're going to be worth uh, fading moving forward against better teams. I and, agree, and I kind of think I really want them to crush Arkansas State because that's like oh OU's back, OU's yep. back, and then they'll be. 30-point favorites over somebody where they should be 10, and you'll be able to cash. But uh, I, I actually went pretty hard on Oklahoma under 9.5 this year. I think the defense will be better. I just don't know that that offense is going to be as competitive as it needs to be, considering the offenses are going to be going up against. And uh, I, I think it's going to take a couple years. because uh, Last year was always going to be hard because of the good defensive players they had. Riley took them. Uh, but then – they turned out to not be very good at USC. So, uh, you know, we'll see how we'll see how that looks. But I, I'm with you on that. Tennessee's another one. Uh, I don't think anybody realizes how much they're going to uh, uh, miss Hendon Hooker. I mean, that guy made a huge difference for that team. Yeah, and Joe Milton can't run the offense the way that that uh, that he could. Like he, it, Joe Milton's not a timing guy. And Joe Milton's failed at a lot of places. So. Uh, he wasn't. He was never good at Michigan. Like, there's a reason why he transferred out, and there's a reason why Hendon Hooker beat him out when he got to Tennessee. He just doesn't necessarily fit Heupel's system, and but he's the best thing they got right now. So uh, they're going to give him a try, but I, it's not going to be the same blow your head off offense that it was a year ago. I, there's just not any way. Yeah, and they were unstoppable with all the receivers, but Hooker knew how to get them the ball. That was the thing. He delivered the ball in the right places at the right time at the right pace. And, oh, if he needed to take off and run, he could. Yep. And, and that offense was just scary. And I don't, I don't think they're going to be scary. I think they'll be good because Heifel's a really good coach. But I don't think they're 12th in the country good. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't either. I'll give you one more game that I'm looking forward to is Washington. Uh, Washington against Boise. And this Washington team is probably one of the most fun teams in the country. Uh, and they are going to score, score, score on everyone and Boise's no exception. Boise, who their pass defense was solid last year. They lost some guys, but their, their pass defense was solid against Mountain West competition. This is a, a big step up, and they're, like, they're, they're going to chuck the ball around. Uh, I think Washington minus 14, solid play. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Michael Penix uh, and Kalen DeBoer do this year. Yeah, I think, I think Penix is going to have a big year. I mean, I, I know he's, a lot of people have him as a dark horse Heisman guy, and I can see that. Uh, I, I like Washington a lot and, you know, Boise, I think is, is, I think the Boise experience has run its course a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not quite the same team yet. The, the game that interests me is, you know, I, I don't know what UH is going to be this year. Uh, I might be leaning UTSA in that game, but I don't know if you saw this, but UH is trotting out oiler colored uniforms. I saw those uniforms. They look pretty good. I, I'm, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's weird. But it's they do look nice. Yeah, I, I when I saw them, I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, and I have a couple of my UH friends complain. Why do, why do people always want to honor this team that's not even here anymore? It's like, hey, if, if you don't get it, you don't get it. You know, there's those who know and those who don't. And it, it is a it is a cool thing. And I'm, I'm glad UH is doing it. And, and you know, I, I just I, I just. It was an unexpected surprise this morning when everybody's debating them. And I'm like, for one thing, they're just uniforms. And I, I like alternate uniforms. You know, that's why I like Oregon. They, they've always got something different. Yeah. 
And it's not like it's going to be their everyday uniforms. It's just a cool one-off thing, and it'll help them sell some merch. I, I, I dig it. Like, I think it looks good. Uh, and also, like, I don't know. I hate that Tennessee tries to wear that stuff. Like, so I, I'd rather someone here take it and, and not let them have it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't mind it at all. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I want the Texans doing something like that, but this is the yeah. next best thing, right? Yeah, that would be weird. I think if the Texans did it, it's almost – uh, you know, it's like still wearing your, you know, I'm married to so-and-so shirt 10 years after she's divorced you, you know, uh, I just don't, I don't think that would work, but I think for you age, it's pretty cool. And, um, it's interesting. I've had a bunch of people offer me tickets, uh, to the game and I'm like, it's outdoors, right? Yeah. I ain't getting outdoors again until at least late October. It ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see that. I think UTSA is one of the best coach teams in the country. That guy needs a bigger job, and I think he'll get one. But it is a big step for them going from Conference USA to the AAC. It's yep. it's, it's different competition, and uh, you know, it's it, it that's still a pretty solid conference with with Tulane and Memphis and SMU. You're, you're going to be going up against some pretty good teams. Yeah, and this is a it's a, a, that's the start of it. So. Uh, and speaking of like UCF tonight, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what they can do. Like they're playing big boy football now. Uh, they played one of the worst teams in the country tonight, but it, it, you know, or this afternoon, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I'm interested to see how those new teams, the, the teams that transferred to a different conference this year, I'm, I'm curious to see how all of them respond, whether it's Houston, UTSA, any of those, how they respond to the step up. Yeah, I think the you know I think for Houston and Cincinnati and UCF it's going to be a struggle. Uh, I mean, that, BYU that is, is going to be a real struggle, I think. Yeah, because that's although they've always played a pretty tough schedule full of of Notre Dame's and Stanford's and teams like that. So you know, and they've got all those forty year olds, which is always <laughs> helpful. But uh, yeah, I think you know when I look at UH in particular, I just think that. Uh, uh, I keep hearing how this is the best set of receivers they have. And I'm like, well, they did have this guy named Tank Dell last year. I don't know that they're going to be better without him. And and who knows what's going to happen at quarterback. But I, I did take over four and a half wins. I did too. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's just hard for me to picture them being that bad. And if they win this game Saturday, you feel real good about that ticket cashing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then because they've still got Rice, who, you know, Rice will be tricky, but they should beat them. They've got Sam Houston. Uh, and you get those three, you're going to win two games in the Big 12. I, I, yeah. I was I, I was looking at it during Dana Holgerson's seven-year run at West Virginia. He failed to win five games one time. Everything else was eight wins. So yeah. uh, I, I feel pretty good about that one. But uh, all right, I'm going to tell you real quick about Pick Me Events and go to pickmeevents.com. Great, great people who will take care of your event. If you're going to have a wedding, uh, if you're going to have a golf tournament, you're going to have a corporate event well they do everything photography videography they do a dj they do photo booths i should have used their dj saturday seriously but, uh, yeah but uh but no I, it was uh, michael did such a great job out there he donated his time and we raised money for daniel taking with people taking pictures and but they do all kinds of stuff and the, the, the thing i really like about them is they want your event to be a memory they don't want it to just be uh, hey, I got a nice picture from this event. But if you're getting married, it's something you want to remember forever. And, uh, oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that, a lot of people, this works out great. In fact, for half the population, it works out great. I'm just doing my job to bring the odds down. Okay. But like, like a lot of corporate events I, I used to go to, it was like, oh, it was nice. It was fun. I met a bunch of people. I got drunk. But I didn't have anything to show for it, right? And, and they'll help you do that. They'll help you remember it. And, and they'll make it to where people want to come back to your event. Uh, same thing with golf tournaments. So go to pickmeevents.com. Tell Michael I said hello. And, uh, and get and just check them out. You will not regret it. Uh, all right. So uh, moving on here. Uh, I, I don't – NFL at this point, is there anything that surprised you with the cuts? It, it looks like the Patriots went weird and got rid of all their quarterbacks. Yeah, that was probably the biggest surprise to me, Bailey Zappi being gone. Uh, but apparently, like, and I, I'm a big Bailey Zappi guy. I liked him a lot in college. He made me a lot of money. Uh, so I was excited for him to get a chance. But according to Belichick, it's like the, the, apparently the guy just regressed so much. Because remember last year, like they were benching Mac Jones for this guy. Yeah. And getting decent results from him. But apparently he's just regressed to the point where they, they couldn't use him. 
So uh, that's a that's a, that was a surprise. I, th- I think the other surprise was, and we talked about this on the the big dream preview that we did last night, released this morning, and we like we're we're doing a contest with each other where we've all got to pick uh, a forced over win total and a forced under win total in every division, and. I went under on the Cardinals, even though it's at four and a half. <laughs> like, I can't – if that's not tanking what they're doing, I don't know what is. Like, when you think about the moves that they've made this entire offseason, and it starts at the draft, they traded back in the draft. Okay, that's teams do that. That's fine. They cut DeAndre Hopkins before June 1st, which meant that all of the dead cap – went on this season, not spread out over a couple seasons, all on this season. They trade Isaiah Simmons, a former top 10 pick, for a seventh rounder. Yeah. they And he was playing every snap for them. They trade uh, Josh Jones, who was one of their, their, their most used tackles last year to the Texans for like a fifth. Then Colt McCoy takes all the first team reps all summer long. Colt McCoy is the, the presumed starting quarterback. He's working with the first team all summer. And then they decide after the third preseason game, Colt's not the guy. We're going to use this, uh, this Josh Dobbs that we traded for a week ago, who's never won a football game in his life. Or we're going to go with a fifth round rookie. One or the other, whichever one works out, that's where we're going to go. Those things tell me Arizona has no interest in winning football games this year. Uh, they are not favored in a single football game this year. They might not win a football game this year. They are going to be absolutely dreadful. But I don't think – and it's not like Colt McCoy is some great shakes. Like, I don't think Colt McCoy is a starting quarterback either. But it to me, the indefensible part is giving him all the summer reps. Yeah. And then saying, no, not it. Like, that's just that just tells me they don't want to win. And I, I think the only, the only game that they the, – like they may be comfortably enough where they're going to control the first pick. The only game they might try in is the Texans game just to knock the Texans pick down a little bit so they can have two good picks instead of one. So it, this uh, that team feels like a total disaster. I, I think the ownership is – they understand they're on board. This is going to be a, a blow-it-off year, and we'll try and be better next season, whether it's with or without Kyler Murray. I don't know. I don't expect to see Kyler Murray at all this season. Um, I, like, there's no point. Once you start out 0-8, do you bring back Kyler Murray and say, hey, you'll fix this, don't worry? Yeah. That's crazy. Like, there's no point in running, rushing him out there. Uh, I, I think what Arizona's doing is, is pretty wild. Well, and, and listen, I love Clayton Toon, but at best he might turn into Colt McCoy. I mean uh, – Yeah. And, and so – And he's not as pedigreed. Like, he like, – No. You know, like, it's uh, – I said, man, Clay, and again, I'm not saying Clayton Toon can't be good, but if they thought he was good, then they should have been giving him first team reps for, you know, a, a couple weeks at least. They weren't. They kept saying, nope, Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy. And then they sat Colt McCoy in the third preseason game, presumably because they'd seen enough at practice. If you saw enough at practice that he was bad, why was he still getting first team reps at practice that week? It made no sense. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny to me because, well, and I think it goes exactly to what you're saying. Colt McCoy can win you a game or two. He's just like Case Keenum. He can win you a game or two. You're not going to be a winning team with him. No. But, but he, you know, and obviously they don't want to win a game or two. So I, I think that's it. And, like, they, they of the quarterbacks on their roster, they had, uh, it, like, in camp, it was Clayton Toon, who's, like I said, fifth-round rookie. David Blau, who's 0-9 career as a starter. They brought in Josh Dobbs, 0-2 career as a starter. And then Colt McCoy. So it was Colt McCoy versus three guys who have never won an NFL football game. And they were like, that guy's gone. We, like, it's, it's Get just him a, out of here. It was just, it's just wild, man. It, like, again, and I don't blame them. You know, you want to you get that good pick and you can, you can your fans are going to be okay with it. Then by all means, go for it. Because, like I, like you said, Colt McCoy wasn't going to make it a winning season. Like, Colt McCoy maybe makes them a four-win team. But if you don't want to win four games, what do you do? Like, you, you might as well you might as well see what you've got in Clayton Toon. That's why I don't know why they're saying Josh Dobbs is going to be the starter. 
Like, I know Josh Dobbs sucks. Let's uh, let's see if Clayton Toon sucks or not. That way, when you've got that first pick, like if Clayton Toon's good enough, like maybe you don't use one of those high picks on a quarterback. Maybe you say, let's let's build this team. Let's let's stick with uh, with what we got here with Kyler Murray and add a couple big pieces to it and make something happen. But I don't. And I guess the other thing is, are they going to be able to move Kyler Murray? If, if the if the time comes, like if they decide that they don't want Kyler Murray anymore, they don't want to be in that business anymore. And I always said this, it didn't make a lot of sense for the Cardinals to fire Kingsbury and keep Kyler Murray. And it really didn't make sense to extend Kyler Murray and then fire Kingsbury because those two guys, there, there wasn't a quarterback coach combo in the league that was more of a, a, a mesh for each other. Like if Cliff Kingsbury said, this is the this is the kind of quarterback I want to run my offense, he would pick Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray says, I want a guy who will maximize my abilities. It was Cliff Kingsbury. So breaking those two guys up, I always thought they were going to be tied together. And when one failed, they'd both be gone. The fact that Arizona like paid Kyler Murray cartoon money and then fired Cliff never made sense to me. It's just a, it's a shit organization that's run yeah. like shit and it's going to keep being shit. And it has been forever since the Bidwell family's been involved with it. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, they had the, the one run when Kurt Warner rose from the grave. But other than that, you know, I mean, this this has just not been a good franchise. All right. Uh, well, AJ, great stuff, man. I have a, I have a, a, a TV rant if you want to stick around for it. I mean, like, yeah, I'll hear it. Okay. Uh, so this will probably be the last thing I get to watch for a while. Because okay. starting tonight, it's football. Did you watch Swamp Kings? Uh, I did watch Swamp Kings. I liked it. I thought it was good. I, I you know, I, I just didn't get a lot of new stuff out of it. And, okay. Uh, that, which always, you know, the, I, the things like that, like the Manziel thing, like I knew the whole story, but there were a couple things in there that, oh, I didn't know that. That's kind of L- cool. Uh, like that Johnny Manziel lives at home with his parents today. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, well, uh, he'll be living there when he's my age if he makes it. Uh, <laughs> so I watched two shows. Uh, this week, one was called uh, "Who Is Aaron Carter," which is about a school teacher who's you know, it basically is the born identity with a chick. Okay. And you know, it it, it just it was okay. It, I know it's going to sound incredibly sexist, but I, I this is how I feel. Like every one of these shows that has these lead women, unless it's Charlize Theron, they all look like you know these mousy you know, sort of not attractive women. and Except you know, Wonder Woman. They did that one right. Yeah, they did. Although, I don't know if you <laughs> saw her in that Netflix special that I only got through 20 minutes of, but they moused her down pretty good, too. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, so, but it's okay. I wouldn't recommend it. The one that, that really irritated me, and this is my own fault, because I couldn't sleep last night. It's like 3 in the morning. I'm, I'm trying to watch something. And I saw on Apple TV that they have this sci-fi show called Invasion. And you know I like sci-fi, although all of it sucks. It's all the same now. This may be the worst directed thing I have ever seen. You remember how MST uh, 3K used to sit there and make fun of movies? Yeah. These guys would have had a field day on this. It's like, first off, it's it, it, some of it's just terrible editing, too. Like, there's these, this Japanese lesbian couple... One of them's going off to space. And if I'm spoiler alert, spoiler alerting it for you, I don't really care because you shouldn't watch it. Uh, one of them's going off to space. And it's like, oh, it's just, oh we love each other so much. Ooh. And, um, uh, and so the movies, uh, the show's in English. Like I'm on episode eight now, too, which that you can make fun of me later for that. But sticking it out, man. You're not a quitter. Half of the Japanese scenes have subtitles. And half of them don't. They're just sitting there speaking Japanese. I'm like, what the hell? I'm not going to go learn Japanese to watch this stupid show. And, and of course, there's these little kids in a bus. Well, not little kids. They're like high school age. Uh, that turns into a Lord of the Fly, a fake Lord of the Flies thing. And it's just all teen angst. And then there's a doctor. And she's more upset that her husband cheated on her than the world is ending. And that's all she's stressed out over. It's, oh, my husband cheated on me. It's like, yeah, you should be worried about the alien about to eat your ass. And then beyond that, beyond that, the worst part is it takes forever to get to the aliens. Mm. And, and then they've got these, oh, these clever directors who are doing these scenes 
where they're trying this magical shot. And so, like, they show the alien, but they have a fence in front of it, so you can't see all the alien. I'm like, come on, man. That is, that is like, 101. I think, I think people have started doing that because uh, there's never been an alien that looked believable in a movie. So they're just like, oh, we'll just make, it, make people use their imagination because all aliens look stupid. The, uh, the other thing about it, too, is, and this has become a pet peeve of mine, it's not just these guys. I've seen a lot of shows where they're doing this. Everybody thinks when you have a, a dark scene, it's okay for you to not be able to see. I blame Game of Thrones for this. I do too. That was the, and, uh, that, I'm telling you, that was the, that kept Game of Thrones from being one of the great uh, series of all time, in my opinion. Like they, they really botched that last season the way they shot it. So are these guys sitting around going, hey, Game of Thrones pulled it off. So can we? No, they didn't. They didn't pull it off. They all hate Pissed it. people off. Uh, and I noticed 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, I don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I don't know where that other 40% came from. But, <laughs> but you're still watching. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is they've all got this, uh, they, they do these shots where it's just people staring out into space for like a minute. And it's like, why do that? It's, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I was, I got so frustrated with it. And then I had to keep watching. I want the payoff on the aliens. Well, guess what? Guess guess what? Guess what? It turns out, and, and they haven't revealed it all yet. But they said it's like a hive, which means guess what? They are bugs, pod people. How many times? How many times have, have we seen this? Uh, oh, let's see. Uh, Ender's Game. Uh, oh, Starship Troopers. Uh, Independence Day one and two. Be original, please. Oh, uh, so that's you know the thing is I wouldn't get that time back anyway because I couldn't sleep so I would watch some other stupid movie. There you go. Uh, but look at the bright yeah. side. But it, it gave me something to rant about. So there you go. All right. I mean, oh, Men in Black. Let's not forget Men in Black. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, all right, AJ. Great stuff, man. Uh, have a great weekend. Win some money. And all I right, will, man. Uh, I will definitely be in touch over the weekend over a couple things. And, and sounds uh, good, bud. Cash in, man. All right, guys. Yeah, I I really don't know why I kept watching that damn thing. And I'm sitting I'm sitting here last night, and the dog's looking at me. He's like, "Why are you so fr- frustrated?" I'm like, "Cause it sucks." <laughs> All right, I'm gonna tell you about Lawyer Dave, and then we'll do our final thoughts. Uh, Lawyer Dave uh, is the man if you need legal attention, and if you've been in an accident. And I saw two more today, just Ubering over to Specs to get my cheese puffs and, and vodka. Uh, Cheese puffs for Kira. But uh, I saw two more accidents today. The city is awful for driving. And if you're in one, the first thing you got to do is call Lawyer Dave because the insurance companies are going to have a lawyer. You need one who will go toe-to-toe with them and knock their asses out. And that's that's what uh, Lawyer Dave does. And if you go to 713-626-8900, he can answer your questions. He will get back to you. And if you think you have a case, just talk to him. And if you don't, he'll tell you. And if... Uh, uh, if he winds up uh, not being able to do what you need, he'll get you to somebody who can. That's what Lawyer Dave does. And the best part, he you don't pay a dime. He'll get you medical attention if you need it. You don't pay a dime until you win. That's how it works. He likes to gamble on himself. He likes to gamble on you. And that's why he's the best. And he's a great guy. 713-626-8900. Better dial Dave. Okay, so as those, those of you are watching on the Twitch, Kira finally has woken up. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, BC says, you know, there's an app that will deliver cheese puffs and vodka to you, don't you? Yeah, you know what the problem is? Right now, I don't have a driver's license because it expired in, in December, and I didn't know that it expired, so I had to go get glasses before I take the test because I wasn't going to pass. And yeah, she is ready for a walk. All right, I'll make this quick. We'll go through the last two, uh, the final thoughts. The first one, uh, I just found funny uh, because you know how news crews, I'm always kind of rooting for the weather guy to drown and all that kind of shit. Well, a Chicago television news crew was reporting on a string of robberies and they ended up getting robbed while they were, they were constantly gunpoint on camera by three men wearing ski masks. Uh, I don't know. It, it was Spanish language, language station, Univision Chicago. I don't know why I find stuff like this funny, but to me, that's just hilarious. And, um, you know, that they're out there reporting on robberies and these guys are like, oh, well, you want to talk about robbery? We've got you. 
Uh, and the other one, this was kind of gross. Um, but uh, this is the first time apparently this has happened. I know people, they find worms in people all the time. But a 64-year-old English woman who was living in Australia, and of course all the bad stuff happens in Australia. Uh, excuse me, get your butt down, okay? Um, they found an eight-inch long, or eight-centimeter-long parasitic roundworm in her brain. And while they were, you know, looking into her brain, they could see the thing running around. And that, to me, is pretty gross. So, anyway, all right, guys, I want to appreciate, I want to thank all of you and appreciate all of you for coming in. Have a great, great, uh, um, you know, great weekend. Watch some college football. Yeah, the dog did almost not. Yeah, she's 60 pounds. And, you know, I'm not... 240 pounds anymore it, it, she really is a sweetheart she's just a puppy she's not even two years old yet and uh sometimes she gets to be a bit much for me but we uh, uh we have fun uh virginia button buttonweed says tell us how some porn stars die i'll start adding that how's that uh flip thank you guys thank all of you and uh, yeah uh, i'll hopefully be out of coaches on monday we'll just see how things go uh until then uh, please stay sportsy gulf coast badasses <laughs>